All right, welcome back. I want to get Rod in Plymouth here on the last word on this debate issue because, look, I just think there's a better way to do it. I think when you've got 8, 10, 12 people on the dais and you're hurling questions at them and everybody gets two minutes to to lay out their plan for the future of America, it just doesn't actually foster ideas and there's very little debate going on. Um, So I want to know uh, what your ideas are to change the format. Uh, Rod, what's going on? Well, to keep everything efficient and so that we get everybody's uh, answer to the questions, maybe the network, besides hooking everyone up to a polygraph, Chris, uh, they could publish the uh, questions prior, have all the candidates put it on their website, and then debate the intricacies of why things happen. We can't not. We cannot have all the arguing on, on live TV. It's, it's nonsense. No, it's nonsense. Yeah. It doesn't. You're right. You're exactly right. It doesn't work. And I, I would be all in favor of look i'm all in favor of of transparency i'm all in favor of making sure that everybody um understands that these are the questions we've got a system and we're going to stick to it i i do a little bit like the idea of having that spontaneity i think it keeps these these candidates on their toes to a certain degree like yeah, you're going to be asked about immigration. Yeah, you're going to be asked about the economy. So you 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 already have some kind of pre-canned answers, but I don't I don't need them to memorize things verbatim based on questions that are going to be asked. So I, I I'm I'm ta- I'm 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 kind of torn on that. Feels like that could work, but I, I'm not so sure that I would go that far. But it's a good call. Um, in the meantime, the UAW in some serious uh, contract ne- negotiations with General Motors, Ford, and Stellantis. And, boy, they held a uh, solidarity rally yesterday. What did we get from that? What are we likely to expecting? Uh, what are we expecting to see in the days to come? Uh, Jordan Grizleski is a reporter with the uh, Detroit News and joins us now. Jordan, good to have you. What really stuck out to you on that uh, solidarity, uh, solidarity Sunday rally? Hey, Chris. Thanks for having me. Um, yeah, I understand there were hundreds of UAW members as well as, you know, elected officials, including, um, you know, federal elected officials at the rally yesterday. And, um, you know, UAW President Sean Fain seemed to kind of use it as a way to um, once again describe the progress on contract negotiations as slow going. And um, he used the phrase, um, that the auto workers will not be, um, that the companies are expecting workers to settle for scraps, um, basically pushing back on that and um, further signaling that the UAW is, um, you know, willing to do whatever it needs to do to make sure that doesn't happen. Meanwhile, uh, according to Rich Boyer, the vice president with the UAW also heads up the Stellantis unit, um, he said that. Stellantis has threatened to move production of the Ram 1500 from this area, Metro Detroit, to to Mexico because these these demands that the UAW is after are, are so steep. Can you envision a scenario where Stellantis would make that move? I mean, th- this kind of feels like a, a, a classic, you know, game of chicken between these these automakers and the UAW. 
Yeah, I'm not sure about that one. I, I mean, I think you're correct that these types of, um, you know, things are thrown out there publicly and, you know, who's to say whether that is a, a real possibility or not, you know, during contract negotiation, things like plant closures and product allocation are often, you know, talked about publicly and it's it's hard to say, you know, what's real and, and what is rhetoric, but I think it was just a further signal that um, the, you know, rhetoric between the UAW and Stellantis in particular seems to be um, kind of heating up. Um, it seems as if the UAW has kind of been particularly open um, to criticizing Stellantis publicly during the course of these negotiations. So UAW President Sean Fain also said that I've been told throughout this thing that we've set our expectations too high. You're damn right, because we have our members have high expectations and record profit demands uh, demand record contracts. He also said, we have a plan. Our plan is to bargain like hell and get the best deal for our membership. Um, certainly, the worst that can happen is the automakers say no, um, but the, they're obviously starting their asking price very high. Where, where do you think these discussions are at at this juncture? Um, well, last week, uh, Sean Fain publicly said that the talks are not going as quickly as he would like to see and basically put the automakers on notice that there's less than a month to go until the contract expires. It expires at the end of the day, September 14th. Um, so that's right around the corner. And he did say last week that they, at none of the bargaining tables, have they progressed beyond non-economic issues, meaning kind of the boilerplate issues that are often discussed at the beginning of negotiations. They have not yet gotten into the weeds on the, um, you know, pretty ambitious and audacious economic proposals that the UAW is seeking. In terms of, of you know, I, I know that the automakers, uh, they do plan for strikes. They've got, you know, coffers that are there. But at the same time, with these switches over to EVs and, and kind of the portfolio changing, really starting to unfold, how damaging would it be not only for, for UAW members, but then for the automakers if this thing gets to a strike? Um, I think that speaking with, you know, experts in the industry, the the auto companies want to do whatever they can to avoid a strike. Um, you know, they, they want to maintain their inventory levels. Um, they are all pouring billions of dollars into transitioning their lineups to electric vehicles. There was just a report from the Anderson Economic Group last week stating that just a 10-day strike would cost the automakers collectively $5.6 billion. Um, so that's, that's a really significant sum for just 10 days at a time when, um, you know, their margins are pretty slim and they are pouring so much money into the electric vehicle transition. And I know that these these the, the, audacious is a good word because the, the, these ask these asks are very high. How close do you think they get to some of these requests? I I I don't imagine that they poo poo them all together, but they certainly are not going to meet the numbers that the UAW leadership, including Sean Fain, are asking for. How how close do you think they get to these numbers? Um, it's a good question, and I think, you know, it's anyone's guess. Um, there, you know, this is a new UAW leadership that we have not seen before. So, you know, there's no real playbook to look back on. Um, they're asking for 46% wage increases over four years, the reinstatement of cost of living adjustments, pensions for all, um, shorter work week, um, the ending of wage tiers. 
you know, the UAW has acknowledged these are big demands, but they say the companies can afford it. Um, I think there's probably widespread agreement in the industry that, you know, significant wage increases are are on the table. Um, but, you know, the companies are not really saying any, anything at this point beyond, you know, they're bargaining in good faith and, you know, in some cases, pushing back on some of these um, demands and saying that it would make them less competitive against foreign companies mm-hmm. and, and startups like Tesla. Well, and, and not only in their competition, but then later on next uh, negotiation cycle, where do we go from here? Because these numbers are very high. And and when the next contract's up, you better believe that the, the asking price is going to go up even higher. Where does that leave the automakers as well. Lots of questions, and and uh, thankfully, I'm not in those negotiation rooms to hash it all out. Uh, Jordan Grzleski, thanks so much. Appreciate the time. Thanks, Chris. Yeah. Uh, But it's something to watch because now if if Stellantis, if these rumors that are flying that Stellantis uh, would consider production of the Ram uh, 1500 out to, and move it out to, to Mexico would be devastating, not only for our area, but for automakers production in the United States. Got to take a break.